Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, aggregated behaviors are performance. Part one, here we go. Today we're going to talk about behaviors and aggregated behaviors being performance and, and I am really looking forward to this show because when you came and consulted for me, shoot, how long ago was it now? I don't know, 20 years almost. That yeah. The, the idea of behaviors and giving feedback to folks based on behaviors versus what I thought they were thinking or what their intent was, oh, was yeah. just, it was just one of those moments in your managerial life that you go like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, people will argue with you, right? If you, I mean, all of us, we're terrible at it, but we all, it, it's one of those things. We think we're really, really good at guessing what people's intent is. And because of that, what we do is we give feedback based on why we think people did something. And it gives so many people the opportunity to say, you're wrong. That's not what I was thinking. And it doesn't matter anyway. If somebody intends to mess up, but produces an outstanding result, what are you going to do? Punish them? What if somebody intends to do well, but they produce a terrible result? Are you going to reward them? The marketplace certainly doesn't. If your company intends to do well and produces a terrible product, and as we said before, you, you can't have internal systems that are wildly divergent from the external environment that your organization lives in. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm not even sure that's the biggest problem. We hear time and time again from companies and they call us because they do these engagement surveys and they find out that, you know, they, they, they pull their employees and employees almost universally say they're not getting feedback from their bosses. They're not yeah. getting performance guidance. And I think a lot of folks understand they're not comfortable with the idea of judging by intent. That's the only way they know how to do it, but they're not comfortable with right. it. So what they do is they just don't give the feedback. Yeah. Another thing too, I think a lot of bosses give feedback on intent rather than behavior in part as, as we'll talk about is because we just lost the ability to see behavior because we're so good at judging very, very quickly. But I think a lot of bosses mistakenly, I understand it and I've done it before too, say to themselves, that turned out poorly. He must have meant to do that bad. It's about <laughs> that person not being on my side. It's about, it's about, you know, undermining or, you know, selfishness. I mean, the, the quickness with which a lot of bosses will judge. And I, I tend to use the word judge for when we infer intent. Because if I tell you you did something relative to behavior, that's not judgment. It's just repeating what you did. But the moment I get into your thought processes and ill intent, that's judgment. And I think a lot of bosses mistakenly drive a wedge between them and their directs. And the direct feels they've been attacked, as you would suggest, right? Drawing on what you say rather than actually giving feedback. Yeah. And so they, they report. Another thing, too, I'll tell you, surveys don't talk about behavior. <laughs> surveys talk about how people feel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which doesn't make it any easier. There you go. Okay. So, so what are we going to talk about specifically today? Yeah. So we'll keep coming back to this over and over and over again. I, I don't know how we got through seven years of, of 
Cass without ever saying this is actually what behavior is in detail. We've alluded to the five behaviors, but but we'll go through them in a lot of detail. The first thing we want to do is we want to walk through what do we mean when we say behaviors? What are behaviors? Then the second point is we're going to talk about why other stuff, other things you can think about or focus on, don't produce results. And then lastly, why focusing on behavior is better. And, and again, the theme is the title of the cast, right? That the things I do each day inexorably add up to the results I achieve at the end of the year. Companies don't get results from a system. Oh, sure. That, you know, somebody can go online at Microsoft and buy a piece of software and the system takes the money and tells somebody, go pick that box of software. If in fact, it, that's what it is. Or, or better yet, it tells the, the system they have a, they have a coupon code to authorize a download of a piece of digital software. But the fact is somebody had to write that code in order for it to happen. Um, somebody had to price it and so on. And somebody had to implement it in such a way that it's possible so that people can actually pay and get the products, therefore leading to profits. So it's always behavior that matters. And I think there's a big focus on systems and processes. And, I, and we're not against them. We like good systems and processes. But it's the behavior that matters. And if you're wondering how to connect an annual review to the way you see your directs daily, the answer is behavior. It's not intent. It's not ideas. Uh, it's not process. It's not systems. When you're talking about humans, you could say that process could be just discipline. Nothing wrong with that, although discipline's not behavior. The behaviors are what discipline drives, which is repeatable, um, measurable, systemic actions, which lead to a result. Okay. We'll start off by talking about what do we mean by behaviors? I know we've mentioned this before, at least on one oh, cast, right? I mean, sure, the, yeah. The, the words you say, how you say them, facial expressions, body language, and work product. Right. Okay, so that's not enough, though. Let's, let's talk about, in detail, each of those five pieces of behavior, five types of behavior. Absolutely. I love starting with the example of closing in sales. I don't use enough sales examples. And sales plays a huge role in all organizations, obviously. There's a difference audibly and therefore measurably between the salesman who asks, can I place that order for you? And the one who says, I hope you'll consider placing an order. Both salesmen mean well. We, we assume they mean well. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They mean well. Okay. We can't see inside their heads. If you can't see inside their heads, do what I think it's Meg Whitman says and many other people have said before. Assume positive intent. And, and by the way, that goes back to what I was just saying earlier about managers, you know, assuming that the director is trying to undermine them in some way. It's just the worst possible thing you can do. So both would say they meant well, but meaning well in both cases and then separately saying those two different things are going to get you different results in the long run. The manager who watches the person say, I hope you'll consider placing an order. And then hears her say, that was a close. And by the way, by definition, it was not a close because it wasn't a question. The manager who says, she means well, and that was a close. And I can't figure out why Bob in the territory next door to hers makes more sales when I know he means well and he closes too. Maybe it's just their personality and I should hire for personality. The manager who doesn't distinguish between those two things is doomed. 
Okay, that's too strong a word. I apologize. But that manager is not doing his job. If you're trying to affect performance, though, it's like it's like the person out there, you know, looking for the keys in the streetlight, right? When they drop the keys a quarter mile away, because the light's better over here. Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. You're not going to get here. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so if I'm the director and I see this manager and he says I can't tell the difference, and I see him later and I say, "What do you mean you can't tell the difference?" Sarah is hoping people will place orders. Bob is asking for the order, and. The manager goes, well, they both, Mark, they're both great guys and they both mean well and they're both closing. And I, and I say, no, Sarah's not closing. Well, sure she is. She's saying, I hope you'll place an order. She's asking for the order. Dude, that's not an ask. And the words one chooses are the actual behavior. The words you choose to say out loud to other people are a choice. And, you know, when I say it this way, Mike, I have to tell you, I think some people get worried. I think calling it behavior is fine, but I think when we, what I'm about to say, some people get worried, but the words you choose to say out loud to others are a choice and different words produce different results. And we ought to know as managers, as executives, as leaders, not what exact words to tell every person, but we ought to be able to tell the difference between the words and know when there's enough of a difference between a set of words that one will get us better results than another. Look, everybody knows this at some level to be true about their boss and them, even if they would argue that, well, Mark, let's not be too precise about what closing is and why Bob is doing better than Sarah. There may be a host of other factors. Yes, but even if there are a host of other factors, this is one of them. You know, let's not be too specific. And I say, well, okay, here's an example. Your boss comes to you and says, would you please take over this responsibility? That's different than the boss. He intends for you to delegate something to you. And the boss who says, this is yours now. See me if you have questions. I'm sorry. Those are two different statements. They're two different behaviors. I think they engender two different responses. And in the long run, the boss who says, would you please take this over is going to do better. And if we know that, and that's true 80% of the time, why would we not focus on behavior? Why would we not tell the boss there's a right way to do this? Look, I use the example of sales in part because in sales, they teach the actual behaviors. They say, say this and not that. Now, look, if you're the number one salesman in the country and you don't behave according to these principles, that's fine. Then you're three or four standard deviations from the mean, and, and that's great. But that's not true for 90% of the, of the salespeople in the world. And before you develop a lot of skills, it's far better to say, these are the behaviors we know work. Your choice of words make a difference in business results. It's as simple as that. And certain words are known to produce distinctly better results in certain situations. It's just fact. Again, we're not suggesting you're an automaton because nobody's going to follow it all the time. Nobody's going to say, I'm only going to recommend these behaviors. If you engage in any behavior other than this, any word other than this, you're in trouble. Although I have to say, how many places do you go where at some point in a sales process or manufacturing, somebody has to read a briefing, somebody has to check a box saying, we actually did that? It happens all the time. Look, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Let's go to a production floor worker, okay? Suppose somebody on the plant floor had just had his machine shut down. And while he's diagnosing it, he saw a completely stripped part that he knew would require ordering. And he knew it was clearly going to have to be replaced. What if you're his boss now? In response to your inquiry, when you go down there, he says, I'm working on it. 
would you want him to say that? Or would I'm working on it and I think I have a stripped widget, which means some downtime. Wouldn't that be better for you? Both of the statements are true, but let's be clear. The words are different. Which words are better? Well, I take the second one personally. But that just yeah, of course you would. And we're, we're not saying that you have to mandate those words precisely. But what we are saying is you can evaluate the second set of words as more helpful to the mission than the first. And so you we, that's why we would give feedback on the second differently than we would the first. Let's go to another end of the different spectrum. We'll take a little lighter note. Suppose you and the love of your life are waiting in line at a theater, at, at a theater in the concessions line. And she said to you in passing, I'd kind of like to marry you. Do you want some popcorn? <laughs> okay. okay, no, look, I, you know, I'm just going to guess that those are not the words the average person would prefer from the love of their life. And I would even argue that you would argue there are more effective words and the words people choose affect the meaning and our interpretation of the statement significantly. And look, we, we'd agree with you. And even if the intent were the same, and we would argue it's not, but we'd be prepared to lose the argument, the words matter if they're likely to influence outcomes. I remember one of my favorite writers, William F. Buckley, once said, it was once said of Bill Buckley by George Will that people lost arguments to Bill Buckley, and they said they lost only, only because Buckley is articulate whereas these people could not just quite give voice to their razor-like thoughts. But the fact is, you cannot think what you cannot say in terms of behavior and professionalism and so on. And so, if you have wonderful thoughts that you can't communicate or that you communicate and other people say, I'm sorry, I don't get it, you're not going to get your ideas implemented. If we just try to give you credit for your ideas, we have to line you up and ask you, do you have great ideas? And everybody nods their head and says, I have the most world-changing ideas in the world, right? They're, they're fabulous. Well, what are we going to do? We have to give that person top money, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might have good ideas, but then they are able to communicate them so that people are passionate about implementing them and those ideas lead to results. Okay. Sorry, what we can measure about that is words. We're not suggesting, folks, that words are more important than ideas. Please, don't take that conclusion at all. We know that ideas power the world. We love ideas. We do. We can't measure them. And the manager's world is delineated by one's ability to measure things. And I think one of the problems is, when it comes to words, we think that measuring is judging, and it's not. It's just connecting them with a reasonable belief and about the outcome associated with them. Right. Well, we're also asking people to, to change things, right? And it's hard to change the idea that you can't see, right? That's Sure. And when it comes to communication, we're asking people to change something that is so ingrained in who they are that it's not easy to do. So we completely respect that. Although I'll tell you this. If you really want to get somebody's attention, particularly a top performer, if you hear words, behavior that you think you can make better, they will love that kind of specificity. 
In fact, I'll generally say managers who engage in really effective behavioral feedback get two different responses from a widely divergent group in terms of their behaviors. The top performers love it and the bottom performers push back. I'll never forget and get an email from one of our longtime listeners saying, you know, I've rolled out feedback and I've just got this great team. I really feel like this has made an inordinate difference. And this person got promoted a couple of times and felt that it was our work. And I said, no, it's never us. It's always you. It's always the person in the ring. And he said, but I've got this one guy who just says, no, I don't know. My boss has never given, nobody's ever given me negative feedback this way. I, I disagree. I don't like it. And, blah, 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 blah. and interestingly, this guy, I, I happened to, we know him well. And he said, uh, he said, so I'm interested in your take. And I said, and I basically said, this guy's a weasel. He doesn't have a better way. He just doesn't like being criticized. He's probably insecure. This was my shorthand to somebody I've known for years. And um, he said, yeah, I, I kind of thought you were saying that. I just want to double check that. And by the way, I asked my wife beforehand and she said, oh, yeah, this guy's insecure and it's his problem. It's not the model's problem and so on. And he was a weaker performer. So, look, words are behavior. For many of you listening, you're thinking, wow, this is really specific. But ask yourself about the computer code in all of the digital and analog systems that your organization has. That stuff is specific, too. The stuff that fulfills digital orders at the websites all over the world that didn't exist 20 years ago. All that stuff is incredibly specific. Garbage in, garbage out. When your company reports earnings, it reports them down to the dollar, even if your company makes billions. Specificity is not wrong. It's just something a lot of us have gotten unused to because the more specific you are, the easier it is to argue with you. If you say generally, I like this, nobody's going to argue with that. If you say specifically, there are three options and I consider this one best by 20%, then people can quibble with your 20%. So the focus on behavior and, and on words specifically, particularly, you know, words are communication behavior, which people get tied up into their personality and who they were when they're 10 years old and so on. You know, there's a little bit of pushback and yet there's nothing to be argued about. If you want to change results in your organization, you cannot change results without changing behavior. And one of the behaviors is the words people say. Okay. So the words you say, you've convinced me, they, they make a difference. Now, I've heard people say the same exact words and they say them differently, right? There's an, a tone, there's an inflection, there's a speed and that makes a difference. It makes an incredible yeah. difference. The meaning changes significantly. So how you say those words is important as well. Yeah. And as hard as it is to believe folks, we're recommending you as a manager. Now, look, we're, we're focusing on feedback here as one of the tools that addresses behavior, but behavior permeates everything manager tools does because behavior permeate, permeates every result your organization achieves. Behavior is the 900 pound gorilla in the room when it comes to results. And we're committed to help you achieve better results. But we're going to be even more specific than the words people choose. We're going to tell you how they say those words matter. You know, I've got several examples here. One of the ones that has always bothered me is I remember when I was a brand new consultant, I didn't have a good answer to this question and it bugged me for years. I'm sure it was in the back of my head when I started thinking about behavior specifically as the ultimate leverage that the young person who the boss says, hey, you know, the boss asks, I, you know, I don't remember the exact scenario, but something along the lines, the boss says, hey, I need your help on this. Could you, could you do this for me? And the, the young direct thinking that he's being clever and smart 
says, yeah, sure, whatever. And the boss gets angry and says, fine, no, you don't have to do that. And the young person says, and I have to say, it's a, it's a clever argument. I think it's, it's completely, it's devoid of any ethical underpinnings. But he says, what are you going to argue with? My word, yeah, yeah, because I said yes. Sure, that's another positive word, right? You know, no problem. Seriously, I just told you yes. And now you're going to punish me? Forget it then. Right. And the young manager goes, geez, what, you know, what? And this is a case where the person said all the right words, but there's nobody in the audience who, when the young person says, yeah, sure. Or um, the other example is someone saying, yeah, right. <laughs> That's two positives, the tone of which basically says, I don't agree. And so how you say words really, really matters. And when people do that, and I'm not suggesting that's the only example in the world, but when people do that, we have to be willing to give them feedback about how they say words. But more importantly, forget that for a moment. Even if we're not talking feedback, let's agree that if someone's giving a presentation and they are nervous and they stutter, there's not one person listening to this who would be able to say, I can completely look past that 100% of the time, and I can focus only on the words they say and the dictionary meaning thereof, and I can glean the key facts that they need me to get out of a presentation, not judge them unprepared, not denigrate their ideas because they're unprepared in the presentation and nervous and clearly not ready or not totally behind their idea. No one in the world can say that. We all paint the idea that we are hearing with a brush that includes input from the way people tell us about the idea. It is the human condition to judge the underlying idea by the strength or the accuracy or the value or the connectedness of the communication tools of that idea. And the second tool is not just words, but how you say those words. Yeah, the tone, the tenor, the speed, the inflection, with which you say something that can change your meaning, whether it's intentional or not. But look, if you have somebody who unintentionally is nervous and talks too fast and stutters and so on, you can't say, well, they weren't intentional. So therefore I can't coach them. I can't help them get better as a presenter, or I can't hold them accountable for, for not getting good results because the idea was great. And I'm sure if somebody would have presented it, it'd have been fine. But this guy, you know, he's just nervous. And so therefore, uh, you know, and he means well. So, I, Mark, I can't tell him anything. I said, sure you can. You can absolutely tell him that his presentation was terrible. It was awful. Well, I, Mark, I meant well, and I know the material. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not how we judge whether or not your presentation is good. We judge how, whether your presentation is good, but whether or not the results happen. And in my professional judgment, your results are significantly affected by the fact that you delivered your, your words too quick with a lot of stuttering, and you chose some wrong words, but mostly the tone and tenor of the words was not helpful to the message. And again, you'll, your top performers will say, gosh, if you could tell me, you know, any time where I delivered something in a way that wasn't commensurate with my idea or that didn't help me go forward, I'd want to know about it. I mean, I'll take any tweak I can get. And generally, the people lower and down will say, I can't believe you're picking on the actual tone of my words. Sure I am. I mean, shoot, I mean, here it is 2012, and we're in the middle of, a, of another election in the United States. Who doubts that we draw conclusions about people and their future effectiveness based on how they deliver words when they're speaking out loud? <laughs> Gee whiz. So look, our friend Michael Swinson 
I don't know where he got them, but he uses a string of words that are just so, it's so great. I use this example often. And the words are, and I'm going to say them with a totally neutral tone, guys. I didn't say you had an attitude problem. Okay. That's the words. I didn't say you had an attitude problem. Now, look, I'm going to say all of those words in identical same order. So in other words, it won't be my word choice that you have issues with. Let's see whether or not I can change the tone or tenor or inflection of the words that I say and actually cause you to have a different belief about the meaning I'm trying to get across. The first one is, I didn't say you had an attitude problem. Mike, what's your guess? What do I mean? As opposed to what I said. You didn't say it. Somebody else said it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm blameless here. Someone, yeah, you have to exactly. blame somebody else for this, for this problem. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one. I didn't say you had an attitude problem. Yeah, you didn't say it, but you thought it. That's for sure. Yeah, even worse, I probably implied it. Implied it, that's right. Yeah. What about if I say, I didn't say you had an attitude problem. Yeah, I mean, I have an attitude problem, but I got some other problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and by the way, we're going to take a short pause now so Mike can deal with all the problems he's got. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. It's overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's just so many places we can come at this from. Um, Look, if you tell me you know how to solve a problem, but you do it with a quiet and reserved tone that I infer as lacking in confidence, I might choose to give the job to someone else whose words are delivered slightly more quickly, slightly more loudly, and maybe perhaps more briefly. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, now, folks, if you're a high C and you're measuring your words and you want full credit for saying after a long pause, I believe this is a task that with the right planning, I can be effective with. If you believe that that saying that totally truthfully, that that is you being honest that, you know, yes, I can do this for you. I'm, I'm capable of it and so on. If you believe that every person in the world will judge that the same way as the high eye goes, please give that to me. This is going to be awesome. I'm sorry, you're wrong. The tone and tenor and speed and pace and pitch and volume of your words matter. Now, I know I mixed two behaviors there. Obviously, the words one says and how one says them. But I think that just reinforces that they're both behaviors. And I can give you a thousand examples, folks, where the tone changes or the pitch changes or the words themselves change. And 90% of us would agree that the words are very close, but the tone makes them incredibly different. And we do this all the time. It's part of the judgments we make. And yet, if you start judging people rather than evaluating their behaviors, people aren't going to like it. And you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.